All right, Bizzlecast listeners, welcome to the penultimate episode of Season 1 of Marvel's Jessica Jones, Episode 12, Second to Last, a.k.a. Take a Bloody Number. Um, you know, second to last episodes, uh, when it comes to a series that you love and there's only two left, or, or even if it's a season like this, where you don't know if there's going to be another one, even if you think there might be another one, you know, it could be forever. It's sort of like Saturdays, you know? It's like when you wake up on a Saturday from work or school, at first it's glorious. You're like, oh, I got all today and all tomorrow, Sunday. But you know that feeling on Sunday when, you, you know, Monday's just around the corner. And that's the same with, with TV shows, you know? It's like, I'm already depressed <laughs> that, this, that the series is, uh, for all intents and purposes, coming to a close. But we have two glorious episodes. And uh, the way they work Luke Cage back in is brilliant. And since Jess has been, you know, chasing Kilgrave now for a few episodes, being, you know, resistant to him or immune to him, he needs to keep finding new ways to fuck with her. Just like with Hope Schlotman, who killed herself so that Jessica would kill Kilgrave. Here we go. Back to the explosion. You know, again, they don't do this every episode, but there's enough that has the Breaking Bad feel where one episode bleeds right into the next. And if you're lucky enough to be, you know, say, watching two in one night and you happen to get back to back like this, it's awesome. Uh, Okay, so, yeah, what did Kilgrave tell you? Right. Jessica has still not learned the lesson. Right, blow up your bar with you in it and make sure Jessica sees it. Right, didn't tell you to kill Jessica or anything else, kill yourself. But even if he did, he was like, don't tell Jessica those things. Oh, here we go. Oh. She was watching this whole exchange. Okay. So, this is meant to imply... Luke Cage, tell me what you want to kill you. (laughs) Take a number. So, again... Is this actually his experience? So there's two possibilities. If this story is true, even though he's not telling Jessica that he's still Kilgrave, if this story is true, then they had never run across each other before. But, you know, and, and therefore my predictions that, <laughs> you know, my prediction that Luke was Kilgrave much earlier in the series would therefore be debunked. However,. It still seems like in the very first episode, when Jessica is investigating Luke and with the connection with Riva, it seems impossible. <laughs> Pity Shag, he's so jealous. It seems impossible that, you know, that Kilgrave wasn't behind getting Jessica to get reengaged with the Luke Riva storyline, therefore back to his life. Now, the fact that they dwell on this for so long is an actual flashback. Part of it's just because you want David Tennant rather than just Mike Coulter telling the whole story. Uh, with this very funny but jealous, uh, hate-filled back and forth. You know, they're trying to telegraph that... They're trying to telegraph that Luke hadn't been Kilgrave before now. I still think he had been. So this could all be bullshit. But what's great is, you know, Kilgrave, unlike... Uh, you know, unlike uh, Ruben, who was not a threat to Jessica, even though Ruben says he loved her, you know, he has Ruben kill himself... Um, you know, Luke's the real threat from a, you know, a relationship standpoint, obviously, and he leaves them alive, and for Jessica not to put it together, it's like, why is Luke still alive, having told Kilgrave his relationship to Jessica, Kilgrave has to know the Riva connection, so, yeah, who knows, it's, it's one of those things, and so, when we find out later that he's been Kilgraved, um, or I should say, that he is still under the Kilgrave spell, I'm really going to try and watch on this one to see if we get definitive evidence one way or the other about wh- when the first Kilgraving was. And so uh, that's really the main unanswered question for me after multiple watchings of, of this show. And you know what? And the whole point of it is you're not really supposed to know because they don't know. I mean, even Kilgrave admits he doesn't know when he's controlling people sometimes and when he's just talking with them. The conversation in the car with Luke, he was definitely getting answers out of Luke. Luke was being brutally honest. But Luke would have been brutally honest even without being mind-controlled. So, you know, was Luke telling Jessica that dialogue 
uh, to convey, you know, feelings um, that, you know, Kilgrave wanted transmitted to Jessica and do it through Luke, as we'll see later, as a mouthpiece. And, of course, we then have to question everything, you know, after this episode. We have to question their feelings for each other, especially Luke's feelings for Jessica, because of the mind control. Um, but Mike Halter plays it great, where he, uh, I still feel like at the end of the series, or actually at the end of the season, even though they don't see each other again, once he comes back from being shotgunned unconscious and Rosario Dawson saves him, you know, he has a look, uh, uh, you know, where he looks like Luke again, just staring into space. And I, I totally buy their chemistry, regardless of when the kill graving uh, started. That's a great shot here. Look at this. When he made me. Kill Reva. Alright, so here she says what we've all been thinking since like the beginning of the series, which is that Reva's death triggered her immunity to to uh to Kilgrave. And I guess the biggest regret she has of, of many regrets is not realizing this earlier and having stopped all this nonsense. Nonsense is a nice word for uh murder, bloodletting, torture, torment, pain. So he's you know he's the one comforting her now, even though he initially was pissed about Riva. Um, Luke hates that is he want right. Luke says Kilgrave wanted you hurt, not dead, not yet. Anyways, but you can kill him. That's my plan. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna help. So how does a complex instruction like this go on? You know, I mean, let's let's assume he wasn't Kilgrave. Until, you know, the flashback that we just saw a minute or two ago. Right, this is where Jessica doesn't want to go to sleep until he's, until, uh, until she's sure that he is free. Uh, so let's say that the chronology is as they're telling us in terms of Luke's relationship with Kilgrave. So what does Kilgrave say to Luke? He says, okay, blow up the bar with you in it and let Jessica see it. Now, unless, here's the question. Does he know Luke has superpowers? If he doesn't know Luke has superpowers, then, you know, why would he have given him instructions beyond blowing up the bar with him in it? He has to know. He, he had to know that Luke was special, and that he would possibly, or probably, survive the bar explosion, as, as he did do. Um, <laughs> there's the, the, the uh, really unuseful uh, iPod ear, earphones. Great uh, shot here, moving back slowly. And so, okay, so Kilgrave knows he's special. How does he know he's special? No idea. Through Riva, you know? I mean, did Riva had to know, so Kilgrave should know. So he says, okay, so then you're going to tell Jessica that I told you to blow up the bar with you in it and her watching blah, 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 blah. And then you're going to tell a story that we met much more recently than we actually met. And here's what you're going to say during the story. And now when... Uh, you crashed it in there, man. This is awesome. So, okay, I'll, I'll get back to the, to the Luke, t- you know, time loop scenario, whatever. So, he's desperate to increase his powers, and so he's finding, like, music venues and stand-up comedy stages. I stay there forever. And to, you know, to, to, to test out his, his burgeoning powers. All right, it's incremental, not exponential. And this is the first we see Kilgrave uh, truly scared. But, uh, so right, so now Luke's sleeping. He's still Kilgraved. You know, we learned that it lasts longer than 12 hours, so maybe he's at 16 to 18 to 20 hours. So Luke Cage wakes up, and I guess he's still Kilgraved. And then he still has to have instructions from Kilgrave from, from earlier. It's very complicated. So let's just jump into the story here. I spent the first, uh, how long, you know, almost 10 minutes trying to figure out, you know, wh- when, where, how, for how long, and in what way Luke was Kilgraved. And uh, stop saying Kilgraved, 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 Kilgraved. Here's Trish looking pretty in the hospital outfit. 
That's the thing. Is, is Trisha's is the perfect balance of pretty and beautiful and sexy. None of it's over the top. Very relatable. As I say, early in the series, with her amazing American accent, where she sounds more American than Americans, uh, you know, and you had the blonde hair and just her, you know, perky, upbeat, can-do personality. I mean, you just totally forget. It's like Lena Headey as Sarah Connor. You just completely forget that they're not, you know, real American chicks. Uh-oh, here comes the knife, and... Oh, yeah, Sir Bob. <laughs> Just eavesdrop. <laughs> Off to a great start. Okay, so here's where they start building that maybe her mom is going to try and become bad, you know, a better person. Right. Someone sent her carnations. Her mom's horrified. She really loves Trish is the thing. Uh-oh. Right, you've never missed a show, which I said earlier. She's never missed a show. Let's see that. <laughs> she braided the station manager. You're good at verbal abuse. Oh man. So right. So here's just her and her mom taking shots at each other. Multiple scenes in the last two episodes. Right. She thinks it's the old drugs. Saying I didn't relapse. Good. This woman's amazing. Who plays the mom? What has she been in? She looks amazing. I feel like she was in the TV show as a mom in the '90s. Oh, here it comes. I don't need your approval, mother. Well, tough shit, you got it, right? It's the one thing she can't control is her mother's approval of her, even though she doesn't want it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Privately, publicly, internationally, denounced her mother. I didn't want to get your closet, mother starlet. Well, it wasn't able to stop that. <laughs> What's her mom's name, Dorothy? Dorothy Walker. Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah, yeah, get the hell out. So. <laughs> you scream at some nurses to lift my spirits. Yeah, she's actually mostly a movie actress. Interesting. You got a lead? Yeah, I got a lead. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Alright, you can always get recontrolled. Trust me. She's the last thing she do is trust. Trust him. <laughs> Yep. Jessica's the, uh. Yeah. Jessica's the one who, who who thinks that it's inevitable that she's gonna die trying if she has to, but get everyone outside of the way. So, uh, yeah. So Trisha's mom, Dorothy, played by Rebecca DeMornay. Oh, here it is. Here's the sweet talk that we would find later was, was Kilgrave's words. Oh, man. That that was a brilliant twist. You thought he, he'd pulled every stop, you know, that he's so desperate and on the run, and Jessica's finally, you know, honing in on him and gaining momentum, and then this happens, and you realize he still has tricks. As long as he can manipulate other people, he can manipulate Jessica, even if he can't manipulate her. Okay, so they haven't figured out yet that Dad is alive because they're looking for a you know a super serum enhancer or whatever. Yeah, yeah these two never like each other. Uh, Malcolm's really upset. Yeah, this is where he tells her that like everything she touches turns to shit. Mm-hmm. Broke my parents' hearts. I'd rather face their pain and anger than this loneliness that I feel around you. And, again, totally could be a kill grave, but that feels like Malcolm just being irrational. 
And and this is the problem with Jessica, you know. This is the clean hands thing, right? What's the best way for everyone to like you and have no one dislike you? It's to not do anything particularly proactive, you know, in life. Just be passive, just smile and be nice to everyone and not really do anything. You got to make mistakes. You got to get your hands dirty to get things done. And people like Malcolm are going to get pissed. But he's a smart guy and a good guy. Eventually he comes back when he realizes he's wrong. Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is fun, this seat here. Yeah, this nurse is trying to sell all this lab equipment on eBay. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh. Okay, so Dorothy, uh, Trisha's mom, played by Rebecca DeMornay, he's at the very beginning of Wedding Crashers, one of the best opening scenes ever that tells the whole movie, where... It's the only time you ever see uh, John and Jeremy, played by Vince Vaughn and, and Owen Wilson, doing their marriage counseling. They're very outside the box of marriage counseling. And, uh, you know, it's, it's Rebecca DeMornay's character and her, you know, estranged husband, tr- you know, trading insults and telling them they're going to sue each other and all the horrible things that they've done. And, you know, and, and Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn just being goofy and stupid to make them, you know, just relax long enough and smile enough to calm the situation you know and, and then uh the the couple tells john and jeremy to just shut up but they they get they you know they they know what they're doing with their job and we learn why that's applicable to wedding crashing um it, it's a short role but it's very very memorable it's like you know it's like Kristen wig and in, in uh, knocked up you have to have these small but hilarious you know comedic character moments to set up the main characters Yeah, the jazz in this show is excellent. I think it's better than Homeland. Maybe Homeland's gotten better because they do mix in weird sound stuff and rock music and beats occasionally and so forth here. This music feels more like Birdman. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a little avant-garde. It's a little, uh, a little experimental. I dig it. I think Jessica's just so happy that Luke's back, has forgiven her, and wants to help her. She's just not, she's just not thinking straight. You know? The, the only person who I think she could tell was Kilgraved, even if there were no outward signs, would be Trish. I think. You know? She really is falling for Luke, but she doesn't really know him that well. All their little ticks. And that was something I've been wanting to bring up for a long time. Uh, maybe this is a good... You know, could, uh, a good time to do it is Kilgrave can give you orders to do things, but there's a few problems. A, you know, not all instructions have only one interpretation, so you're relying on the correct interpretation of the person, even if you say literally, like, for example, you know, Kilgrave said, I once told a guy to go screw himself. Can you imagine? You know, he was just cursing the guy out, and the guy, I don't know what the guy did, but it couldn't have been pretty. Um, but then you also have the little zombie aspects, which I've been talking about with Luke, which is that, you know, Luke Kilgraved here and maybe earlier in the series, it just doesn't have that zombie feeling or it's not emoting or projecting it the way other Kilgrave slaves do. So that has to be part of the, I guess, part of the control. I mean... It, it's a little unrealistic. I mean, Kilgrave could not have controlled, you know, 18 hours of, you know, dialogue between these two. He couldn't have projected all that. But there is a line coming up. I don't think he said it yet, which is uh, directly from Kilgrave. Is this it? How about I forgive you for everything? I think this is Kilgrave's line. Uh, yep, and I'll say it every day for as long as you need to hear. Man, the first time I saw this, I, I was in it. I wasn't thinking he was Kilgrave. Uh, you know, finally, someone other than Trish is giving Jessica permission to stop being so hard on herself. You know, he's the second most important person in her in uh, in Jess's life at this point. But Kilgrave came up with the whole thing, and Luke doesn't seem to be fighting it. It's uh, it's an interesting dynamic. It's interesting to think whether, in addition to increasing time length range and so forth with the kill capabilities here's bob again oh yeah <laughs> uh, uh imaginary dead bodies 
you know, but it's possible that it's also just more convincing mind control where it's harder to tell even people that you know. So here's where, you know, the one way for her mom to get successfully up in her business is to start investigating Jessica's past before these two adopted her after the car accident that she was experimented on and that it's related to whatever Will's military program is. And this is why I'm okay with the, you know, somewhat cliched military experimentation thing that we see so much with Marvel because they they do it through, through fun character moments like this. No foreplay. <laughs> I really wasn't eavesdropping. You know, again, she's like Kilgrave, constantly telling half truths. You never know. Never know what it's just there. Uh-oh, manic- meticulous files. Right, so she keeps meticulous files to blackmail other people, but of course she can always be blackmailed by them. He's like, what the hell is this? Right, you want something. Yeah. Yeah. De Mornay, by the way, um, Trisha's mom is, uh, I think, 55, 56 in real life. Looks great. Uh, this is it. You knew it. If the one thing she can entrap in, uh, Trish with is Jessica stuff, Jessica's medical bills, someone paid for them. Not her mom, which you'd think would be part of the reason they're able to afford it. Yeah, a charitable write-off, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to move money around. Jesse threatened to, quote, tie my earlobes to my braid if I ever said anything. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's still scared of Jess. Yeah, her mom's right here. Why would I ask? It's done. They paid for it. I mean, who would think they'd be experimenting on a 14-year-old girl? I was going to bring the whole file, though. All you got to do is come home. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jess makes a joke about her looking, quote-unquote, done a few episodes back, as in, like, having, like, surgery, various kinds of surgery. I can't speak to, you know, the rest of her body, but... She seems like a natural beauty in the face. Yeah. I love when old ladies just realize that they're still attractive and sexy and just do it and say, screw it, I'm not going to give in to, you know, have weird-looking lips where I can't smile. And All oh, right, Trish is still... Yeah. This is the whole guilt trip of, like, I had to do what I did. You know, it was for you. It was for the betterment of us. You know, I I had to exploit you. Yeah, thank you for the animation. I'd like to go now. And this is exactly why Jessica, a few episodes back, a number of episodes back now, the Supermax episode where she's tying up loose ends, has to go to Trisha's mom and threaten her for this exact reason. You know, because she knows the mom can manipulate Trish. And that took a lot of work from Trish in the in those two scenes we just saw with her mom to get her mom the hell out of there. Because it's her mother, you know? And that's the thing. And single parent, before Jessica was in the picture, I mean, you know, it was her and her mom, and they were running their, their corporation of Patsy or whatever. It was really traumatizing. We know that she physically abused Trish, which they didn't have to do. They They could have easily implied it or just shown us or implied emotional abuse, which was also the case. Um, now, making a young girl throw up to lose weight is definitely physical abuse, but we also saw, like, strangle marks on her. So, I mean, her mom was a monster, you know? And so this character actress, Rebecca DeMornay, has to do everything in her power to try and sell that there's a tiny spark in Trish that would still, you know, still open up to her mom at some point. At least that's what her mom's hoping. Uh, back on the motorcycle, yeah. Luke and Jessica Cage. I wonder if and when they'll get married in the show. Or if they just go in a different direction with the characters. There's no way she'd be attracted to Daredevil, uh, to Matt Murdock. Um, you know, not her type. Iron Fist, I have no idea who is going to be cast for that. These two just make so much sense as a, as a couple. Mm-hmm. Do what you gotta do. She tells them to wait. 
It's awesome. I mean, she's so, she's such a badass the whole series, but now she really is the most powerful one when it comes to Kilgrave. I mean, she can't risk anyone else, even if they want to help. So she's following this guy. Oh, the bubbles. Oh, this is hilarious. Little touches like this is what makes her go. You know it's going to happen. The bubble. <laughs> that is not cool. Oh, man. She's so fabulous. So, with about an episode and a half left, um, it'd be a good time to start the wrap-up for the series. I'll be interrupting myself a lot as this uh, unfolds here. Who's this Asian guy? I can't remember. So, I often talk about with movies, and this applies somewhat to TV series as well, although the structure's different. But with movies, you know, big blockbuster Hollywood movies, good ones, or or just in general breeders, yes, he's never having kids, um, the middle act, like if you take a movie and you make it into either three acts or five acts, the, that middle act is the most difficult but also the most important because you know you know you're gonna have a big action thing at the end of a movie or in this case the last couple episodes of a series and especially when it's a new series or or the first movie um and oh no the movie series this is so brutal i can't believe they did how did this i don't know he puts it in his mouth this guy really puts something deep in his mouth i don't know oh no That would be graphic even for a rated mature video game. Oh, man. Through the back of his head. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's, I know it's not funny. It's just... It's, it's so graphic and disturbing. I almost have to smile. If you look at the best Marvel movies, Marvel doesn't always ha- have the best endings. Now, early on in a series or in a movie especially if it's a new property, you've got the element of surprise, right? We don't know who Jessica Jones or Kilgrave is the beginning of this first season, and it takes a few episodes before we get there. And so those early surprises, like with Hope and so forth, you know, it's really shocking, and it grabs you. That's the important thing to grab people. But the more important thing is to sustain it through the middle of the movie and keep people, you know, keep people's asses in the seats. And... You know, while the Battle of New York in Avengers is a lot of fun, uh, you know, and the Guardians of the Galaxy final battle is, you know, visually just kind of cool to look at, even if it's not particularly dynamic or original. You know, it's the middle scenes of those movies that I think, you know, whether people can express it in this way or not, (laughs) you're just being like, oh, he's hot. You know, Guardians in the jail and everything with the Collector being in the middle. You know, coming together as a team before they realize it. Same with the Avengers, where they think they've won temporarily with Loki, but they're really losing and tearing each other apart. But that's what brings them together. And how am I going to take Kilgrave out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uniquely qualified. <laughs> Luke Cage, there it is. These three, all from the comic books. Boom. He's a friend. All right, he knows about Kilgrave. Coulter's <laughs> yeah. great. He plays it. I mean, that's the thing. He plays it so when you find out that he's been Kilgraved, it, it makes some sense. You know? I mean, you'd think it's the experience of having previously been mind-controlled, plus learning about Reva, plus the explosion in the bar, plus feeling bad about blaming everything on Jessica, and so forth. That would be enough to make his... Uh, demeanor you know even more toned down and low-key than before here it is his wife she's dead i killed her (laughs) you're sleeping with reva's husband it can wait Uh, does she tell jessica now about the uh, experimentation. Right, why would Trish tell her now during the, you know, final build-up to get Kilgrave? She just... Uh, any information that she thinks can help Jessica, she's going to give to her immediately. But, um, anyways, 
you know, final scene, final battle, you know, or, or like, you know, the climax act, act three, act five, depending on how you structure it, is, is very difficult to pull off because it's not going to live up to, to what's in your head for the most part. Um, and I think that's the thing that, um, that's the thing that Avengers uh, Age of Ultron <laughs> did so well, but wasn't appreciated and just proves my point, which is that the final two battles uh, in North Korea and then Sokovia with the stuff with the vision in between, you know, it's about 45 minutes altogether, are two of the best, if not the best, superhero battles ever. And in the middle of that, one of the best sort of dramatic comic book superhero things ever with the creation of the vision and the mind gem and so forth is so great. Uh, you know, the middle act in Ultron is a combination of Johannesburg with the Hulkbuster suit, which is you know, the best hero on hero fight ever. And then, you know, the stuff at uh, Jeremy Renner, a.k.a. Hawkeye's um, house, you know, his farm with his wife, which I love the family stuff. So for me, I love all the acts of Ultron. But, but it's undeniable that from both an action, drama, and comedic standpoint, you know, the final battles are the best. I mean, the final battle is so dark as far as the Avengers go. I mean, things are looking so bad, but they, that's really when the best comedy and the humor comes through. And that's what Whedon does so well is to make the best comedy be during you know, those darkest moments. And that's what keeps people loose enough to, to not, you know, just get overwhelmed with fear. <laughs> or just, uh, you know, nervousness uh, in terms of the players on the screen. Now, Jessica Jones, if we take it, uh, take this formula to the television series, one of the great pilots ever. And then episodes two through six, mostly very, very good. Um, there's a couple, you know, semi-questionable choices in terms of the subplot of the woman who hires her just to try and kill her because she doesn't like gifted people. Here's the yellow USB drive. You know, the Luke investigation in terms of Reva was uh, was a little confused. But, man, when they hit episode 7, which is the Supermax episode where Jessica's going to turn herself in, in, in a twisted attempt to draw Kilgrave out, and of course, Kilgrave is never going to let that happen, but she's tying up loose ends and being meditative and, you know, looking at the city for possibly the last time and so forth. And then, following from that, you have episode eight, which is the Dollhouse episode, best episode of the series, and one of the best television episodes ever. Episode nine, the Sin Bin, with Kilgrave captured and tortured, is right up there with episode eight, in terms of awesomeness. Uh, and then, you know, and then you got, uh, that's, that's nine. So then episode 10 is the death by a thousand cuts, which speaks for itself with Hogarth getting, you know, killed via death by a thousand cuts. And then episode 11, the one before this one, which is just the Trish Jessica episode, which from a just straight character standpoint where the plot's not moving forward much. Um, is really a spectacular, uh, you know, best friend character building episode. And now we're at the final stretch. So we've got so much momentum coming into the last two episodes. Oh, right. Malcolm's just about to leave. Robin's losing her mind. Don't, right. Robin's totally going crazy. Oh, and this is what, this is a... I, I forgot that it wasn't until episode 12. <laughs> She's harassing the, the male lady. Robin's going nuts. And this is where he has to ch tell Robin the truth and, and show where he dumped Ruben. And, but that's where we'll see. She forgives Malcolm, and Malcolm forgives himself and forgives Jessica. You know, that's the thing. Robin... Oh. She just lost her brother. Look at her. I didn't lose him. He's dead. Yeah, it's a thing. Robin causes Hope's death, unwill, you know, unwittingly. But she's also the one that restores Malcolm's faith in him, in himself and others. It's a package for Ruben. Oh, this is so sad. And, oh, man, and this is why this actress is great. You think she's only one or two notes? <laughs> His chinchilla chewed through the coy's power cord. I wouldn't let him pay for express shipping. Oh. <laughs> and so it just arrived. That's the thing. It's funny and so sad at the same time. <laughs> it's chinchilla. 
I wish Ruben were around just so we get more weird stories of what these two are up to. Yeah, Ruben was such a great guy. This is the funeral here. That's never happened. Yeah. That <laughs> brother like crack. Wait, wasn't crack? <laughs> Nutmeg. That's a secret ingredient. This is an amazing moment. This is one of the top moments of the series. This here, and then, uh, and then what's coming up? The river. You're plenty good. Yep, people don't like me. Robin's very self-aware. She knows that Ruben was... Right, they liked him. She knows Ruben was the, the nice, sweet one. She does believe in heaven. Uh, disappointed. That's the last thing. Why would he be disappointed? This is where Malcolm says, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta shower. Oh man, look at the shot of the hallway. It's a thing. They found a they found a pre war building, you know. It just uh, or at least a, a building from the fifties. <laughs> so, you know, just like Loki losing his mind as the Avengers close in, seeing Kilgrave lose his mind the last couple episodes is fabulous. Longer times, longer distances. There's some stem cell stuff going on. Uh, right, and this is another mistake from Kilgrave. He's forcing his father to work around the clock with no sleep. And he thinks that that's going to somehow help him. But his dad's no good. As Trish says to Jess, an episode or two ago before Jess gets hit by a car. Um, oh, God. You know, everyone needs sleep. Kilgrave's just that scared and, and crazy. Nice boat. Oh, right. This is where he, the apartment where he steals the, the guy's boat. Oh, God. I wonder how they did this. So there you don't see the engine. You just see his hand going in. You see the rotor. Uh, yeah, well, that could be like a million miles away. But it looks like, yeah, there it's moving. I'm sure they just had a stunned person's hand going. Are you focused? I mean, this is Nazi shit. That's the thing. You know, do this to your own father, make him a slave. Yep, that, you know it's brilliant. You hated Kilgrave until the Sinbin episode, and then you started feeling bad for him because of his childhood and his parents and just lacking control over his brain. And now they had to build up you absolutely hating him again, and they have achieved that. Oh, hey, oh, well, look at that. <laughs> Right, taking powers for a test drive, which is what I was talking about earlier with the stand-up comedy. Dude, you killed it. <laughs> right. Yeah, Luke's talking like a PI. Again, this seems like it'll be coming from Luke. That doesn't contradict his orders with Kilgrave. But it's seeming to help Jessica. Of course... You know, this might just be trying to get Jessica back to him. So anyways, back to the season uh, wrap-up beginning here, because the final episode is going to be tough to talk about anything but the final episode. You know, they have a stretch. If you, the first couple episodes are so gripping, and then you go like episode like 6 or 7 through until like episode 11. That's almost a mini-series within a mini-series, that whole arc. From the Supermax prison to Kilgrave escaping, um, the Sinbin and being back on the run. Uh, man, they really oiled him up. Look at that. <laughs> people do that in real life. A, sorry if I'm na sexually naive, people. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, uh, oil's never really been a big part of my sex life, such as it is. And, uh,. But they still have these character moments, and that's what makes the show great. All the, and that's the thing. You know she's going to kill Kilgrave, but they, they turn the death of Kilgrave from an action scene into a drama character scene, and which makes it one of the best you know closing scenes um, ever for a superhero property, television, film, or otherwise. Or really any genre. Oh, uh, yeah, you should talk to Ruben. I love this. This, this really touches me every time. 
She puts it together pretty quickly. Yeah, he's here. You put him... With the fishes. I don't know if there are fishes in the East River anymore. It's a little toxic. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out where they are right now. That looks like the Manhattan Bridge behind them. It's a water sign. She's already looking for positivity. Symbol for Pisces. Yep. This is a great, great notion. Oh, there's the cable. Oh, I totally forgot that she brought the the plug that he ordered that arrived after he died. All right, two fishes in the womb. It's a beautiful thing. Twins have an amazing reaction. Yeah, I'm just so sorry. Yeah. And, and she's so good here. I'm sorry. I almost don't want to talk. Enough. Yes. Robin's the one who says it. Uh-huh. I just got chills. Pisces are the most forgiving. That's a thing. She sees herself as a terrible person. <laughs> I've thought about sticking a screwdriver in your eye. Biblical. <laughs> yep, but the whole world goes blind if it's eye for an eye. Right, and this is the support group thing. Just the people that matter to you, let them off the hook. That way when they die, you feel love, not regret. Oh, this is great. She's just killing it. She clearly has a thing for him. But maybe not. Alright, the, the power cord. Her her tiny eulogy coming up is so hilarious and great. So they throw in the, the iPhone power cord. Goodbye, Ruben. <laughs> I hope they have free express shipping in heaven. Oh, man. Oh, look at the two of them. That's the whole eulogy. I hope they have free express shipping in heaven, which is her way of just saying, I hope everything that you've ever wanted, they have in heaven, including express shipping. Oh, man. Do they have a last name? I don't think so. I think it's just Robin and Ruben. Oh, Colbin Minifee. Well done. Well done, ma'am. Yeah, this is the perfect spot. Again, with very retro colors. Stuff coming up. This is a perfect spot to to unleash the cage. Yep. Look at the lights. Blue and purple. Not a surprise. Uh, I mean, it is like the ma- the blue the blue purple thing is really like the Matrix. <laughs> Undercover is just her license. <laughs> Here it comes uh, right. <laughs> Those <laughs> underage high school girls doing shots of Jaeger. Uh. Yeah, Coulter's just uh, you know, he has just a great presence and look and, and unique charisma. I don't know if he can carry a whole series. I think he's going to need a lot of support characters. Yeah. They could have had this guy be not Luke Cage, just be Jessica's lover, or someone else who had a superpower. They're obviously following the comic books. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give Coulter a chance. He, he's actually older than he looks. He's been around the block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then they took the money, too. (laughs) So this, of course, is a strap by Kilgrave. That's why Luke suggested this place and uh, suggested the, uh, you know, the the online search to see if there's YouTube videos about weird performances by a mind control guy on the internet. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did a little Pete Townsend. That was great. He's such a child. Alright. She says, Luke, get out of here. Keep your distance. So, yeah, I mean, this. If, you know, Kilgrave's Kilgraving of Luke in this episode is, is the greatest and most complicated and intricate, complex 
uh, multi-threaded, multi-layered kill graving ever. Boom. Blue, purple. She's going to jump down. Don't. You had to do it. Yeah, his testing arena all by yourself. I think, look, <laughs> I just followed the Trail of Misery. Yeah, that's true. Good band name, Trail of Misery. I love this. He's stopping. He's trying it right on her. She's she's a little unsure. Damn it. <laughs> I forgive you for everything. Oh, <laughs> uh, there it is. There's a the line from Luke. I'll say it every day. Uh-huh. You heard that? No. I wrote it. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> Once again. I'll th- Boom. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Yeah. I-, I had, as I've talked about throughout the series, there's a number of plot points that I had guessed, but this was not one of them. Right, okay, so it was before the, since before the bar. Alright, 12 to 16 hours, now it's 24 and 100 yards, in terms of his mind control. So again, we don't get the full answer, of, we just know it was before the bar blew up, but we don't know. Uh, uh, you think he's better than me? You really thought I could forgive you? You killed my wife. Right, exactly. Uh, no, it's definitely Kilgrave talking through him. <laughs> this is not what I wanted. Uh, you failed the test. Killer. This is it. Yep, this is the first time he wants her dead. You know? Oh, yeah, just like Cap and Winter Soldier right there. Or, or Iron Man and Hulk. You know, classic Marvel comics image. Strength on strength. So her two hands against his one. So he's not, he's like 50% more powerful than her. Oh, man. Boom. Yeah, this is the best fight of the series, no doubt. Uh, you know, it had to be. It's the two, the two superheroes. Uh, every move he made was mine. Tender moments. The sweet things he shared, it was all me. Right. That's the closest. Right. Our sex was mentioned. It was on. This is the closest he's ever going to get to being with Jessica. Is doing it vicariously through Luke. <laughs> Man, is this a great fight? She tries to jump. Boom! Yeah, that's a little bit like Cap Shield, taking a while to come back. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. You know, that would have been an interesting development if Jessica had been able to, like, train someone to push him out just for a moment. And these, you know, we'll see with Trish in the very final scene, the final episode. Oh, yep, here comes the chase stuff. <laughs> you know, the way they film this is very much like uh, like anime, which I love. Look at these angles. I mean, it's blue and purple everywhere, but just the different shades and reflections and magnitudes. and uh, It's just brilliant. Brilliant. It's just beautiful to look at. So, the the way Jessica wins this fight is with her brains, right? Other than flying, he is superior to her in every way, from like a superhero standpoint. Yeah, this this idea was coming, coming right through the door. Uh, so she has to use her brains. And Luke is just a straight-up brawler. He's like a Terminator. Punch, 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 punch. Throw, 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 punch, punch, punch. It's interesting to think... Uh, all right, here's the phone going off at the wrong time. It's interesting to think whether people who are fighting on Kilgrave's behalf, when they're mind-controlled, whether their fighting actually goes down because, you know, they're zombified. You know, he, he seems sloppier and slower here. Maybe he is fighting it at some level. Uh-oh. Throws her down. Yeah. Yeah. He's close to breaking through, but he can't. Nope. And, you know, just like with Daredevil, everything's so dark, they get away with a lot of 
stuff. You know, Cap Winter Soldier, all the fighting was in bright daylight, you know. Um, but the sound effects uh, is what really does it for me with the music. It's just brawling, but that's that's what these two would do. It, 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 that's another thing is, you know, Daredevil got trained up, obviously. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Jessica or Luke gets trained up. I could see Luke doing it. He's got actual discipline. Jessica, I think, would get impatient with, like, taking karate lessons. Although, the fact that Trish, you know, is a badass with her Krav Maga, <laughs> maybe Jessica gets a little Krav Maga. Oh, no. Here it goes. Boom. <laughs> yeah, this is so Terminator. I mean, this is exactly like a Terminator fight. This is the, the, the camera angles, the dynamics and kinetics, you know, everything. Oh, this is great. Right. Okay. So here's where he's just not very smart. Why is he punching the door? Why don't you just move the door aside? It's uh, 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 a great idea, though. Uh, she's using it as a shield like Cap. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, the way she stops him up here is, is pretty brilliant. You know, if you're bulletproof and fireproof, there's only so much you can do. It just needs to be blunt force trauma, you know. You got you to gotta knock him out. Uh, yeah, please stop. You know he's not going to die, but they sell it great. She, that she doesn't know. He, he is fighting it. This is the first time. Man. Do what you got to do. Boom. Right in the chin. That's, that's a brilliant idea. Here it is. Kristen Ritter killing it. The only other person other than Trash he cares about. She might have just killed. You know. Ruben's dead. Hope's dead. Luke might be dead. Trish isn't safe. Innocent people dying everywhere. Another 45 degree angle shot. Beautiful with the door from the NYPD. Man, do they know what they're doing. Alright. Well, that was a great penultimate episode. Can't wait for the final one. Um, I'm going to try and come up with a few talking points. Uh, specific talking points for the final episode. Um, so that I don't have to do like a long wrap or something after it while still following the action. Saturday's over. It's now Sunday. We got to go to work tomorrow, figuratively speaking, with the final episode, which will be glorious. Bizzle out.